it's having boys come up to you and approach you and say that what you're saying is having a huge impact on their life and is opening up their eyes to understand themselves on a deeper on a deeper level rather than just this kind of surface level shit that you can actually end up kind of feeding yourself with like it's kind of all what i call it is like smoking area chat you just go out and you just there's not a whole pile of depth to these conversations sometimes yeah. like for for lads because it's hard because it's like it's it's all you know you've been programmed yeah. into it's just kind of surface level you don't go any deeper than that but we hope that with our sort of conversations about these kind of topics amongst males but also male athletes it can spark many conversations between us and other lads but between different friends as well because at the end of the day that's that's all we are like we're two friends who just are trying to speak a bit more openly about these sort of things i think we need to start by saying we have to keep our composure (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i was struggling with this one now to be honest it would be difficult yeah um you have to give a bit of history first i suppose that's the background background, yeah a brief brief history that's one tell us how we all know each other mark yeah i think Probably first and foremost, with the three of us anyways, it was with college. It was probably the start of our story as such. Moved into Gateway. <laughs> yeah. I think before that, you should probably mention the fact that you are twins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. That's where I know you're yeah. from. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mark, Mark is my brother. We grew up in this house for the last 24 years. 24 years, yeah. yeah. And Paddy, to my left. Takes him off the side of the road. Along the way, yeah, yeah. in college, and then Liam was the last to join. I think people here know how I know Liam. Um, so at the moment, the two of you are doing your own thing here ever since what last year you started Kaizen last November, yeah, yeah, so, so in uh, yeah, November and well, yeah. so yeah. so me and Liam are obviously very familiar with Kaizen, we follow mm-hmm. you both on Instagram, listen to your podcast, but to those out there who aren't familiar with Kaizen. Like what is Kaizen to like, and when I ask questions it could be whoever wants to answer yeah. it can take over, but like what what is Kaizen and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think like since we set it up, Kaizen has kind of changed over the last fourteen months or so. Um which is good, it's a reflection of you know what we're trying to do, which is constantly kind of be progressive, constantly kind of change to to help that kind of one group of, kind of athletes as such. Like performance and life coaching for athletes is I suppose the, the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. as such. Yeah, like we, we suppose you set it up and then you kind of, you're nearly at the end of every quarter, you're reevaluating mm. and you're like, right, this is working, this maybe not so much. We're like, we're seeing what we're enjoying as well. We're like leaning into more. So, like at the start, we were just, I suppose we just started with the performance. Yeah. And then as time has, has gone by, we're like, leaning more into the lifestyle side of things as well and like that's so enjoyable and people really need that as well and we see that like for a lot of athletes the support whether it's training or lifestyle sport stops at the field stops at you know whatever sport they're playing so like where we can kind of bridge that gap between like when they leave the pitch and and they're going home and they're their own lifestyle as well so trying to manage that because like you know for I suppose both of us like we've we've been on that in that space mm. outside the pitch and you're like there's actually no support mm. here at all like you don't know what to be doing whether it's in something that you're struggling with mindset or 
even training wise you don't have that sport when you go home like that one to one accountability so um, yeah so I suppose they're just looking at the, the scope looking at the athlete like you know the athlete on the pitch but as soon as that athlete leaves the pitch it's like you go off you're going to do your own thing as such and you left your own devices so what we're huge on is developing the person as well as the athlete because we really believe that they're so interlinked you know you can't you can't solely focus on one element without kind of the other one taking a hit as such there needs to be a bit of a balance between the two and really what we've realised is that one of the main reasons that athletes are kind of the everyday athlete as such outside of the performance side of things one of the things we've realised is that when someone's lifestyle is out of line with their goals it's, it's a huge kind of stumbling block you know so just that's why I think why we're so big on the lifestyle because if you cannot just look solely at these these individual parts kind of by themselves they're all so kind of interlinked that the lifestyle kind of encapsulates everything um, off the pitch as such. Yeah, it, and it's the same in everything. everything. Like, it's the same for yourselves. Like, when you're going to work, if your lifestyle isn't supporting mm. what you're trying to achieve in work, like, you're just completely out of whack mm. and you can't perform as well. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's very similar in all, in all fields. Like, obviously, we just know the sporting realm better. Yeah. Like, we know performance and whatnot in sports, but... It transfers across all of like, you know. Sense. Yeah, you're speaking about the everyday athlete. Like, yeah. Um, that's something I've only kind of started thinking about recently. Like, I give a bit of context. Like, I spoke about you being my coaches a bit, mm. um, or that I had like coaches and it was a pair of you. And I initially didn't think I would be kind of the target audience for Kaizen because it was very aimed towards athletes and <clears> really class myself as it. But the amount of benefits that I've reaped from implementing some of your tools just just in, in, in business and in work and in, in all around lifestyle like it, I really understood what it meant to everyday athlete but like give us a bit of insight into what an everyday athlete is yeah like I think everyone in their own right is an athlete you know high performance as such looks looks different for everyone and you spoke about that in your, in your first episode together that everyone has their own definition but like in many ways, everyone is an athlete as such. They deal with the same things. They're you know, under pressure. The people to answer to. They work in a team. They've demands to meet deadlines, etc., etc. But the huge difference is that their lifestyle isn't supportive of what their overall goal is. So that's I think why we go after the whole everyday athlete thing because people, without realizing, they are athletes in their own right, but they don't have that lifestyle in place. They don't have the tools. They don't have the sort of support that they need to achieve their goals because you can look at the stuff on the, the surface level you know for, for an athlete it would be stuff like you know, your nutrition it would be stuff like your strength condition that's kind of the surface level stuff that people point at and be like yeah that's that's supportive of your performance but it's, it's everything else after that you know and for yourselves with kind of I suppose to your professional life and the working life as such there's the things you can point to but there's also the, the stuff you do on a daily basis that isn't as obvious but has as much if not more of an impact do you feel that, like, obviously, I know we use the word, like, a bit a business athlete a lot. Do you feel like there's much that kind of transpires through from your general sports athlete into the kind of business athlete side of things, like, or is there completely two different mindsets to be in? Like? No, to be honest, I think it's, it's the same. Like, you're, like, you used to, like, we obviously know you well, but you're striving to be the best version of yourselves. And that's the same. Like, obviously, there's physical, a physical side to, you know, playing sports and whatnot and that's the physical attributes but like you are still out there going and trying to be the best version of yourself so it's really defining what what it is for yourself that you're trying to be the best version in 
But once they're striving for that, I think that represents an athletic mindset, you know. And I think that's that's really that's really it. I think there's a big stigma to kind of people obviously think of when you think of an athlete, you think of sports, which is natural, like you know, that's the way it's been characterized, but it can be defined however you want it to be defined, like you know, for yourselves trying to trying to be the best version of yourselves in business. But like in business as well, like your physical attributes should like represent you as a person as well. Like if you if you walk into the room and you're in good shape, this person that you're meeting is like, right, this this is obviously a disciplined person or or someone who looks after themselves. So I have a bit more trust, I have a bit more respect for them. Do you know? So I think that's like I think that's why it's so key. Like, because it's how you're seen. Like it does, it shows that you have the dedication yeah, and yeah. that you are going to stick something out. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point too. I, think, I don't know who was it that we were saying. Yeah, that I was just talking to a podcast about that. Um, but it's, it's funny because so, so much of those metrics are hidden. Like you can't see mm-hmm. direct correlation. Like we were speaking about this, Mark. Um, now some of the things you're doing, you can't see them directly correlate and how they affect you on a day-to-day basis. But they are definitely still there, man. What what are what are some of those big kind of hidden metrics that really move the needle? In terms of sport and performance, yeah. I, I think from like myself, like the one that that comes to mind whenever you're talking there is like it's like I suppose the self awareness and like we were talking about meditation and whatnot, and like we've been doing it consistently for a couple of years now, and every morning you go in it still feels as hard as any day one like but it's nearly it's working under the surface like it's like how many times you can kind of catch yourself and you know try to do whatever normally your mind would have went down a big rabbit hole of or you you'd caught catch yourself in a negative cycle of thoughts but like over time very very small and very very under the surface you're able to catch yourself a bit quicker and like that's such it's such like a minuscule thing, but it's something that's working in the background. Like. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's so interesting. Even the real you set up the other day about how thoughts, rather than being a good and a bad thought, yeah, yeah. thoughts helpful and mm-hmm. unhelpful. Like even myself in the last week, like a bit of a slippery slope at the moment. But like that mm-hmm. thought process of like, oh, like this isn't this isn't productive yeah. my yeah. day at all. Like okay don't think about this yeah. and the more you kind of get into that routine you know that every time this thought comes in it's like oh that's one of those thoughts that aren't helpful again yeah. so you do just tend to then start blocking them out like and it doesn't make it that bit easier every time it's yeah it's just that's that it's just awareness I think yeah. awareness is, is so overlooked because once you're aware of these thoughts and, and you remove the whole black and white elements you remove the, the criticism and the kind of the judgment around those thoughts because if you're labeling them as being negative and then them thoughts inevitably pop up you go into that kind of negative mindset of, of just completely fixated on that negative thought. And what you realize is that you've over like 60,000 thoughts a day or something mm-hmm. crazy, but you still find yourself focusing on the one or two really negative ones. But if I was to ask you, you know, how many thoughts from yesterday can you actually remember? And it's very, very little. So it's just that the, the awareness around kind of, I suppose, the, the uncontrollable kind of thought process that we go down. And it's, yeah, for me, it's been kind of meditation as such and kind of just being kind of a bit more mindful. But so mindfulness is such, it's, I wouldn't call it taboo for athletes, but it's, it's something that for a long, long time was kind of just pushed yeah. to one side. It was, what sort of word would you call it? Like it was a, oh, I didn't call it like, 
It's just like there's there, there's a certain stereotype attached yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to the top, like it's the lowest position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My influence here, like straight away into like just like this, like I think it's, it's like but it is so true as well. Yeah, and I, and that transpires so much into your profession, like whether you're working mm. in an office or not, like because if you're in a bad headspace in an office, you just you yeah, don't exactly. have to be yeah. there at all. Like it's one thing if you're you know, I train or something, at least you can blow off a bit of steam. Like, if you're in that bad headspace sitting in an office, spirals. you just, yeah, absolutely spiral yeah. for the day and you get nothing done. But when you're self aware like that, uh, as a result of being aware when you're doing meditations, when those thoughts creep up during the day, mm. when you hit a period of stress, you understand what it is that you're feeling, you can overcome it. Yeah. Rather than being guided by your emotions and then, as a result, do behaviors that are guided by that mm. in the heat of the moment. Um, and there's, there's a lot of things that I've learned for me, like one, like the small things, like, I mean, like energy management or like, yeah. I feel like when I do cold showers, like, you know, they're difficult. So when I do face difficult things throughout the day, I feel like I'm the kind of person that does difficult things. And I've done this already, like, today. yeah, I've done something difficult. Like, today. yeah, like, I think that's the big thing. And that's what we're like, we're constantly trying to reinforce that anybody that's working on us is like, it's not something that's going to just massively change overnight. Like, it's these small little one percenters. It's, you know, like, as I was saying, like, meditate for three, four years, like, and I'm still only noticing, like, maybe I catch myself a couple, like, a couple times extra than I would have previously. Like, that's such a small thing. Same with the, the cold showers. Like, it's not just something that just radically changes you overnight. Like, but if you're invested in the process and it's just that small little wins, where you're able to catch yourself that bit quicker. Maybe you just, you don't sleep the alarm that, that mm-hmm. extra time. You get up one time, maybe you're getting that extra gym session. It's all these small little one percenters that add up over time. Like Yeah, it's, it's being able to delay that gratification and understand mm-hmm. that it's not going to be a quick fix. Is that mm-hmm. something that's always come naturally to you, Paddy, is and being okay with, okay, what I'm doing today, I'm not going to get instant results from. It might be from one year, two years, could be for... Yeah, like, I, th- I think, that, like, in different areas, like, sport, I suppose, like, Liam would, like, know me younger, and, and he, like, sport was always the thing that I was kind of fairly dedicated at, I was always able to go on that, but, like, in other areas of life, I don't think I had that delayed gratification, you know, like, you know, you'd be going out on nights out, stuff like that, just, like, nearly trying to escape different, different realities that was actually going on, you'd be trying to run from things, so like I don't think it always came naturally to me, but what I found was when I actually got, I suppose that implemented in my lifestyle in terms of you know doing all them small habits and delaying gratification in my lifestyle, then actually just brought on my performance even more. So as like Mario said, it's like when I actually developed as the person, then you know even athletically and, and business wise, then I started pushing on. It wasn't the the reverse. It wasn't like because I was a bit more natural doing the delayed gratification in sport that it resulted backwards. It was when you went here, it actually pushed on the other elements. So yeah, that was probably for myself. I don't know, was the same for you. I was, I suppose I was just talking there kind of thinking to myself and <clears throat> for me, like, I think it was school. Like, I don't know what it was with school. Like just when we kind of started off, if you compare the first time it was at the start, naturally enough, quite different to the end, but the first couple of years in school for me, in secondary school, um, I just found myself kind of as was trying to be someone that I wasn't as such, trying to be the class clown and stuff like that, to the point where when we were sitting exams and stuff like that, that people would nearly assume that I'd be getting bad grades. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely irked me. Like I could not deal with that. Someone's like, 
just completely writing it off. Literally, but, but from there on, I was like, no, no, wait, I'm funny, and I, I can't do that. Someone says you're funny. No, I'm waiting for that to happen. But literally, since then, I think it's, it's, it's been, it's hugely uh, positive having kind of a point to prove that, no, no, I can actually get these results. And I kind of continued on through kind of the whole cycle school in college and stuff like that. Like even the whole cycle started again in college for me in terms of going out and stuff like that. People were like, well, this again is my perception of other people's perception. I was like, they think I'm the sort of person that goes out and doesn't study and doesn't get the grades and will fail and stuff like that. And this, this whole process was going yeah, on. Yeah, I remember you used to say that to me. You were like, oh, like you used to think about like them thinking about you being like, like that. that. But I was, but I was the exact same too, Mark, like in secondary school. People didn't expect me to get good no. grades, like, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa don't rope me in with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same in college as well. But as you're saying that, I was thinking, well, people are pointing to the behaviors that you're doing and yes. assuming that those things don't correlate. Like, mm-hmm. As in, like, if if I'm the kind of person who's always going out, like, as in, I, I, I have proof there to show everybody else that I just go out and I go on piss, like, I come in, I'm over every day. So why should I? Mm-hmm. Why should they expect me to do have good grades? I'm painting myself in such a light by by doing this sort of things that would be assumed for me to be like that. But the same for the flip side, like if I find the kind of guy who is into my meditation, is into whatever, then people would expect a certain thing from me. It's all people's expectations based off the behaviors that you're dismaying. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's so true, but because it's like, it's only the opposite now, like say, like, because people know that we're, like, into nutrition or we're into training or whatever. So, like, now if I go out or something, they're like, geez, what do you do? Like, yeah, like it's yeah, like, yeah, it's obviously, like, like, it's like, it's like, geez, I'm surprised you're having a drink or you're having food out or whatever. It's like, I'm not actually just that robot. robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it is literally just kind of building that proof that either you can point it or other people can point it. And that can be kind of positive or negative. So, like, in terms of, like, psychology for me, it was... There was reams and, and stacks and nights out that people could point and be like, okay, yeah, he's the sort of person that goes out. Yeah. But in the same token, they're like, you know, I prove that I'm the sort of person that gets up at X time and does X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? And that's just built up over time. And it's all them kind of small, kind of one percenters, you know, that you string together. It's not like a one self thing. I think that's what people get wrong. You do it for a week, you do it for a month, and you're completely changed. But it, it will help, you know what I mean? Like, if you make improvements to your sleep, You'll, you'll, you might see massive improvements, you know, in a week, two weeks time. But other things, <clears throat> other things kind of work in the background and kind of build up and compound over time to something much, much bigger. But the, the two last I look at today, like, as in that's being stacked, like, one by one, yeah. by one, like, that, that does take time. Like, is there, is there a big difference from, you know, Paddy Mark today versus Paddy Mark five years ago? Yeah, I would say it's like massively, like, you know, definitely. <laughs> he's smiling. <laughs> he's smiling. Yeah. Am I even that seriously? From my perspective, like the party that you are today, kind of, there's always been that that kind of side of you. It's not to be ever was through the football or anything. I think even the steps I'm making now is just an extension of the party that we always knew, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure, well, I don't know, maybe it's the same for you, like, with, with Mark, but if you always see that side in you, mm-hmm. and then you can see it's like, oh, yeah, I could have always seen Paddy mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. Obviously, you're yeah, not as bad as you used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's there. Yeah, no, no, it's true, though. Like, there's, there's certain elements, like, there's certain elements whenever you're going from, like, in your personal development journey or whatever way you want to put it, I think, there are certain elements every year that you're reevaluating and you're like, right, what needs to stick and what needs to go here? 
there's certain elements like I don't think I've like actually changed wholly as a person, but I think there's certain elements that I've just brought forward and, and other elements. Whenever you're at every stage you have to leave some behind. Like you have to go like, right, that served me to a point for whatever whatever points it's got me to, but that just needs to be forgotten now or that needs to be left in the past. And I think that's like the whole I suppose self development personal development journey. Like you're just like, right how am I doing this year? Like, is that, is that hard to do? Like, cause those things obviously are a part of you for so long. If you're leaving things, yeah, behind, are, you find it's that hard. so hard. Like, because like these are traits or, or thought processes that are literally just embedded in you. And I don't think it's like, it's not a case like that. I've just like completely like forgotten about it. It's not something that just completely disappears off the face of the earth. It comes up again. Mm. Like whatever, like, you know, like whatever it is, like these thought processes or whatever, they still come up, but it's like you you're able to remind yourself, right, that actually needs to just like that's not serving me anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, beneficial. Like, yeah. That's it. And I think it starts with that awareness realizing okay, whether or not it supports me or doesn't support me. But you don't I think the downfall for me, um, I suppose and I don't know if it's the position we're in, in terms of coaches or I don't know if it's the whole self improvement or personal development kind of side of things, but I thought when I overcame a problem that that was it. That was it in the past mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have to deal with it again. But these things keep, they come back up over time. If something goes wrong, you're, you're faced with a setback. It still comes up, um, but you, the only difference is you're better able to respond to it. You can respond to it better, but it's also quicker as well. You know what I mean? Where, like, in terms of like them thought process, like, if something came up, you know, over the last couple of weeks and months, I thought that just because I was an online coach, because I posted videos on kind of mindset and performance, that I was immune to those sort of things. But what I've come to realize is that they're still going to creep up. But I just have better tools and better more awareness um, to, to deal with those things as they do arise. You're not immune, you're not protected forever. You've just done a bit of work. You still have more work to do, but you're better, better able to, to cope with the things as they arise. Like. And that's so interesting too, how that, like, that does come into. Obviously, we're looking at your business athletes, like how that can, if you're something creeps up like that too, mm-hmm. every single time you deal with it, you're getting better equipped yeah. to deal with that. Like, and I think that in your professional life too, like if you're able to deal with problems that creep up and just put them aside and get them dealt with as quick as possible and in the most beneficial way possible, that's huge. But what, what are some of those tools? It's, it's, it's the smallest things really. It's the things that I know you look, at, look over on a daily basis. Um, but they're like essentials that I need. Stuff like just time alone to think with a pen and paper, going out in nature and stuff like that. Um, doing something difficult is, is something that's really, really overlooked. Like obviously, I'm big into You're obviously big as well into the cold water, but it's not cold water for the sake of cold water. It's not for the potential physiological benefits or the brain fat or the whatever else. Yeah. It's just doing something you don't want to do and just having that kind of proof to yourself. Okay, I can do this. I can cope with that. I can calm myself down in a stressful situation. And that just spills into kind of future situations throughout the day, consciously or unconsciously. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, in fact, like, and like, if you're comparing, say, your mind at, at its worst, it's at them times when maybe, you know, you're not doing any of them things. And I know obviously that's because we've tried them now, but like, now for me, I have such clear evidence on like, when my mind's at the best and firing all cylinders and that's when I'm doing them things doing something hard and journaling and meditating whatever but then I can also compare it against when my say your mind is most busy and, and harder to control is when I'm not doing them things and 
I think now it's such a stark contrast that I'm like, well, obviously, like this, this, this is so much more beneficial or helpful for myself. Like it's just, but it's such a hard. Like the mind is like in incredibly difficult muscle to train because it's so. You think you have it. You think you have you know your grip around it, and you've been doing your routine for you know consistently. But the couple of days you slip up, it just starts crawling back. And it's like. Like like your body, whenever you don't train it for a while, it will literally just start like your muscles start mm-hmm. breaking down. Mm-hmm. But I just find your mindset can just go even quicker. Like do you what, know? what what would three main things for body like three unable things that you have to do? Keep your mind every day, every day. Sleep and sleep is the biggest one for me by a fair shot. I think it was COVID. Um, obviously coming home from college, there was no nights and stuff like that, just getting a consistent kind of routine into my sleep was massive. And then that probably fed into kind of the morning routine as well. Like I think the two of them go, go hand in hand. And like a morning routine looks different for everyone. I do really, really guess that, but I think it's something that, I think it's something that everyone needs to have. It doesn't have to be at the same time, but just having a set time in the morning just to kind of ease yourself into the day or just do a couple of things to, to set yourself up for the day. I think it's, it's absolutely huge. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's the same for yourself. I think like you know sleep definitely, meditation and, and the other time the other thing that I've kind of only learned this year I suppose is actually having downtime as well. Mm. Like I know we were chatting with you about it, um, but like it's something I never really prioritized. It was kind of unintentional time off that I just was like not even relaxing and maybe like scrolling on your phone or whatever. But actually having intentional downtime so you know when we finish work at like say seven or whatever just completely switch off yeah. like don't be looking at the phone just relax into something that you really enjoy and, and you can fully switch off and um, like especially for like say yourselves or as well like you are kind of in control of your own schedule so you can always be doing something and you feel like you should be doing something it's that so you need to have that switch off it's, hard, like, it's hard to schedule that downtime because you feel like oh, I'm cheating here like, mm-hmm. I should, yeah, I should yeah. be working hard it's like but it's 7 o'clock in the evening I'm doing nothing like, there's so yeah. much I could be doing here but as you say it does give you that time to switch off to refresh and go again for the next day yeah right? it's like having that first thing the schedule every week is like right taking a full Sunday off here reset recharge just that will set me up for the weekend it's like that downtime is actually the most productive thing I do all week because then the rest of the week follows after that. Understand? Um, but yeah, like I think I think for me like that energy management was absolutely huge. Yeah. Like as in you were saying, like I think it takes more discipline sometimes to be like, okay, let's stop the work now. Let's stop whatever. I reach the point of diminishing returns. Yeah. The more I put in, the less I'm getting out. Let's mm-hmm. let's stop here and then recoup because. If I was to work nine to nine, like Monday to Friday, like I'll get a lot done, but I'll be burnt out for the next week. Like, yeah, and it's like what proportion of that work is actually good quality and yeah. what's the impact of not being able to have the downtime. It's like the most productive thing you could probably do in the evenings is just switch off and leave the phone. And it's something like you haven't thought the phone um, is a blessing because like everything's so accessible, but it's, it's really hard to switch off because you can see the phone buzzing and pinging away and you just look at it. And it could be something that could just set you off. You know what I mean? It could be like half eight, you're like one and just have a look. And something yeah. just set you off and just completely sucked in. Oh, so <laughs> you know, your thought, your, your thought goes way up. Like, yeah. any, it should be anywhere where they're not, like, you know. But for me, yeah, that downtime, and even the Sunday, like, I know the impact of not having a Sunday off or not having, like, the majority of Sunday off the reset. I understand that the things come up the odd Sunday and you have to do a bit here and there, but 
just plan out that we haven't had downtime, switching off when you need to switch off. It's going to support the quality of your work as much as anything else. Like, you yeah. know. But, but it is it is thinking like an athlete. So yeah. it's like, I, you know, I've had a tough session of work this week. Like, I need a day. <laughs> that rest in. Like, six days in the gym, I need a day off. Like, I need my sleep in order to be the best. Like, I can be. If there's one day I was hungover at work, and I may as well have just not turned up. Yeah. We're saying I turn up hungover to a match, or yeah. whatever. Um, but w- within those kind of taking some time to reset like your energy and stuff like that, like that's the best when you're able to do like deep focus work. Like that has been huge for me. And um, by focus work, like spending the whole day in an office, doing absolutely nothing in the industry like real estate because you're not getting paid. So it's practical. Yeah. So being able to get into those deep focus sessions has been absolutely huge. Mm. Yeah, and for me. Yeah. No, literally, you know, it's the same for myself. Like. I know whenever I'm after having that downtime the night before or whatever, and then coming back fully charged the next morning, you can go straight into it and you're able to get into that deeper focus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other way, you're not just flogging a dead horse, mm-hmm. like you're just literally just like showing up, you're like not enjoying it, you're just, you're just wrecked, mm-hmm. you know, and your energy is far from managed like I mean it, it'll get you one way or another it's essentially slowing down so you don't want to stop you keep flogging the dead horse as you said and just keep going 100% like no rest eventually something's going to hit you you know it's going to be stress it's going to be sickness it's going to be something it catches you one way or another and it's it's just choosing to be a little bit proactive with it and be kind of smart so that you don't have to stop you know what I mean like downtime is uptime the, the better your downtime the better the quality of downtime it's not even just you know switching off even by scrolling your phone it's it's I was gaffer too, even between work blocks, like you know, you finish off for me it's two hour work blocks, half hour break. It was, you know, all grass on the again for the full half hour and then back to work, but you you, you haven't really switched off then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no it is I think I find well, I don't know about you, so being at home this week, I find it it's so easy to switch off. So I don't know whether it's you're able to go to the kitchen, have a cup of tea, like just have a chat with family or whatever. Like I think one thing, especially obviously our only downtime is when you go home in the evenings. And at that stage you're boxed, like you're yeah. sitting down here. And you do end up just whipping up yeah, the phone. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. like you can't sit up at the kitchen table and have a chat read sick of talking with that stage in the day but it is like yeah. you gotta stick on a podcast or something yeah. or you're sitting on your phone like I just found being home this last week like it's just so easy like, especially here like I know you guys are working during the day like would you ever have your downtime during the day like go out and have your hour off and just yeah well like I suppose like I'd be similar enough like I do maybe you know an hour and a half two hour work block and then you know I take that time off in, in between so like a 30 minute or from having lunch or whatever, I'll just have 30 minutes to watch a podcast or something. And just again, I think the phone is nearly the common denominator. Yeah, if I'm looking at my phone, my energy is just red, like, because I'm just like, you're just, I don't know, it's just frying your head. And I'm just like, because I'm looking at it all day. So if I am intentional with just taking that downtime, taking that time in between work blocks, then I think that's that's the most effective way for me. And like, even the, the other thing of like, Users um, use can kind of make your own to do lists and whatnot, and they can be they can be so so long because there's always little bits to be doing. So I think for myself it was like changing to right. What's the one most important thing that I need to do today? Because 
the, 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 the evenings that I always struggle to actually take the downtime is whenever I have them my long to-do lists that are just like little jobs and you see you, you've, got, you've got you've got literally you've got those done but you come out of it and you're like I don't know yeah, today yeah. and it's the worst feeling like so if I'm like looking at it I'm like what's the one big thing that's going to move the needle today and what's the one thing that's going to move the business forward or, or performance forward and do that then all the other stuff then is bonuses and then you, at least then I know that when you finish up and you hit seven o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever and, and you're like right I can switch off now then the downtime is even better and it's more effective whereas you're only, if you have a big mile long to do this you're still in, you're switched off or you're taking your downtime but you're like half here half still at work yeah. kind of job but even with that with the whole energy management and identifying the biggest mover the biggest rock like you can then identify in the day when you have the most amount of energy and actually dedicate it to, to getting that key task done. Yeah. So you're showing you're getting it done, but you're getting it done when you have high energy, high creativity, you know, a lot of focus rather than just kicking it down the road, doing the evenings, eating the frog first. I, was, I knew that word was <laughs> yeah. like, well, I've only heard eat the frog first from you. I remember I said it and you were like, I've never heard that. Right. Right. Just explain what eat the frog first. Lego boys up here. It's like Mark Twain or something. It's like if you eat the, the biggest and obvious kind of frog first, it means everything else after that will taste a lot nicer. So by doing that first higher task, the biggest task, the one that requires the most energy, the one you don't want to do, the most or do the least but doing that first means everything thereafter will be a little bit easier it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I even heard Uberman saying that if you were procrastinating on a task yeah. the best thing to do is to do something really difficult like jumping into a cold shower because everything after that will be step yeah. in yeah. You know? do something harder than the task you're procrastinating and you can fall back on yeah, the yeah, task yeah. you're initially procrastinating as a bit of rest by yeah. the thing that you just opened <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's just like, like what would that be for you like what would them kind of like what would be them um, What's yeah, the hardest and hardest? Yeah, yeah, what's the hardest thing for me? It's so cold. Cold. Oh, really? oh, it's so fair, so fair. It is, it is hard. Like, it takes a lot of mental energy. And the fact that it's not, right, go and do this task. It's like, you have to put two hour block. Like, you have to put in a grind for two hours. And I think the toughest thing about it is you can put in them two hours and get absolutely fuck mm-hmm. all from it. Like. Yeah. So you, do you just have, like, a list and you're ringing them? Yeah. Oh, and... You're just going yeah, through it. Kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> cold areas, cold areas. Yeah. Every business needs to be cold areas. That's definitely the hardest thing, but yeah, trying to find something that's harder. Yeah, it's quite difficult sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough, like, and it's, it's quite like you push us in the park. <laughs> Literally, I've only hit about 300. <laughs> no, it is. I think, yeah, that, that's tough. Um, but that's it. Like, what, what, what else do you do at, at that stage? Like, it's because it's not the fact that it's physically tough. Do you know that that's making it hard. It's just that mental battle. You can move into another task that will be harder. So, and if you were talking about doing spreadsheets or something that you find, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so boring. Like it doesn't have to be physically tough. It can be just mentally. Yeah. But I, I think if I went into spreadsheets, I'm just like, oh, I'm just procrastinating. I'm still doing it. Like, yeah, that's the reason I'm doing it. You'll find anything. It's so funny. Like you'll find anything better than doing that. Do yeah. that task. You'll be like. I think today would be a good day to clean the office. <laughs> like, even though you know you have that one task and it's just like, it's just sitting there and like, ah. Yeah, now when I start feeling anxious at all, what am I procrastinating? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What conversation am I not having? What thing am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. There's reasons to why I'm feeling this way. And this is the thing about, about it, like about working with you. It's like every feeling, every emotion is examined. It's like, 
okay, I'm feeling this because of this, I'm feeling that because of that. Like, everything is accounted for. Like, and when you're not feeling anxious, is there, is there always something, is it always procrastination that does it for you? And it, it could be or something that I'm thinking about, or something that I haven't mulled over. Most likely it could be a, like a, a to-do list that's, that's not getting done. Like, But the most interesting part about it is it's having that self-awareness back to this again. It's, mm-hmm. it's looking at your life through a different lens that if I'm feeling this way, it's, it's because of that. If if I'm feeling sluggish in the morning, it's because of, you know, something that I ate last night or not sleeping this way. Like, and it's just, I want to perform to such a high level during the day because at the end of the day, like we're in a performance space role and um, how, what we do directly correlates with our outputs like, and we're not earning the way. So it's really, really important to look at it that way. Mm. Do you feel that successful people nowadays see themselves as athletes? Like, because obviously, you can see them as athletes, but like obviously the people that we speak to on a day-to-day basis, like the chance of them doing all the things you're doing are slim, like and some of them possibly may do, but you know. I think 100%, like I think, again, that, that's exactly what it is, like it's, success can be defined in so many different ways, and you know, like for someone to have to be firing on all cylinders, that may be just a case of wake up, have a coffee, go straight into work and get straight to it. And they're getting the most important thing, they're getting that most important task done first and they're doing eating the frog. So for some people, they may need that morning routine and that will have them firing all cylinders. For some people, that would mean that they just go straight into work and they're able to get that most important task done. So that's why we apply the kind of self-awareness aspect to it because like we always say that it's like the morning routines work for us and it works for a lot of people but also if if you don't need if you don't need to have the morning routine like that's absolutely fine it can look so different like your morning routine can be just go straight into work you've got the pair of hour routines like I think that's literally chalk and cheese contrast yeah, yeah like right, Brian's up an hour before we leave like meditation all done um, all your mindfulness and literally Roll out of the, like, <laughs> yeah. into the shower and I'll grab that rocket fuel on the way to work yeah. and I'll be grand. But it's, it's having the awareness to realise that, that it wouldn't work if you swapped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, potentially might get more out of it. You, know, you don't really know what to try, but maybe you tried it and got the feedback. If you tried his way, you get the feedback whether or not it suited your goals and what you're trying to do and, and how it sets you up for the day. So I think it literally all starts, it starts with that awareness. The first kind of step in change or actually taking that next step forward is again to find that where you are now, what's working, what's not working. But being confident enough to try new things, like to try meditation, to try sleeping in and get the feedback from it. And like that's what I've realized this year, like from no but like from like, you, like in the past you wouldn't be big yeah, yeah. sleeping in like and you would like last second job out the door. Yeah, but it's just listening to feedback and whether or not that's working. And that's been one of the biggest things for me this year is that literally everything's feedback. Every decision yeah. you make Regardless of the outcome, it's feedback, and, and you can use that feedback to refine and um, make your next decision a little bit better. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, either way, giving it a try, you know, yeah. like say for yourself or whatever, like trying the other aspect and give it a chance mm-hmm. to see if it does work. Like, oftentimes, I find that a lot of people is like when they do actually try the morning routines, they actually do feel so much better mm-hmm. from it because they're like set up for the day. But then there is some people that just prefer straight into it, and that's absolutely fine. And also, as well, there's a constant list of things that you could be doing in your morning routine. Like we were, like we were saying about this, 
you could be literally there for two hours doing a morning routine, but like, what is that serving? Mm. Like, it's it's this constant list of self improvement things that you can be doing. You can be reading ten pages every day. You can be meditating for twenty minutes instead of ten minutes. You can be doing so much, and it's this constant cycle. And if you're caught up in that constant cycle, you'll actually never feel good about yourself because you're like I should be doing more yeah, yeah. so it's like it's finding the balance between the self-improvement and the self-acceptance as well like it's like right this is working for me and I'm trusting that so I'm happy with this and I'm, I don't need to do any more it's finding that balance which is hard because you can always feel like you're I should be doing more I should be doing this I should be doing that and whenever you're doing that then you're never actually going to be content of where you are do you know that's interesting yeah well I even found like obviously the morning routine between leaving the house is zilch. But like even go like we do roll out of bed and just go to the gym. Like so even just getting that gym session mm-hmm. is so much like getting into work after the gym session, like you're awake, you're ready to go. Yeah. Like going into those mornings that you don't go in, like or you do end up sleeping out by accident, or even just on a rest day, it feels like, oh you're just slow yeah, getting yeah, in there, you know. Yeah, that's what's happening after the gym session, I kind of compressing down mm. into I've done that's, I've done my hard bit for the day. <clears throat> do you mean I suppose that and doing that gym session in the morning is eating yourself like yeah. you're getting up. You have to go yeah. a little away. Yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah like that was it's definitely something that that like we were chatting about recently about that whole kind of finding the self acceptance because yeah. like even ourselves like you do all that sort of stuff stuff as well. You do find yourself like you know comparing you're like oh, I should be doing more here. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, you're never going to be actually content then whenever you're just looking around and you're like, I should be doing more. These lads earning millions in their, in their 20s or whatever, and they're doing this routine or they're doing that. And you're like, I should be doing that. And finding that balance for me this year is probably the main goal. Like, and I'm still, you know, trying to find it. Like, it's not something that's just happening overnight, but definitely something that I'm actively working on. Yeah, and it's like with the whole self improvement thing when you have all your ducks in alignment or you've everything kind of really refined, when something kind of goes out of balance a wee bit, it can be tough to kind of take them aboard. You know what I mean? Like if, let's just say you have this set one routine. This coffee goes on two minutes longer. Or the whole thing's out. The whole thing's on. Balls or something like that. And it's just like straight into kind of like kind of panic mode or negative mode that it's just like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Exactly. When it's all complete yeah. can and just yeah, 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 yeah. The house of cards all comes down. This is that. Like, yeah, I suppose relying on your morning routine, like a crush, like, and then if one thing goes out, then you're drawn for the day. Do you find that is. I think I've become more malleable and more kind of flexible over time, but it was, I used to be kind of so. Not used, like you said, like, it's, it's in the kind of recent past that everything would be so rigid, like. Like, if you wait outside the house with a sign, like I was saying, so you would know exactly where I was going to be at 10 30 and where it'd be at kind of 11 15 minutes, bang, 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 bang. But even like, with some of the people that we kind of uh, work with in, in terms of mentorship we're a part of and they post in this Google Calendar and the whole week is mapped out don't get me wrong we're huge on the whole Google, Google Calendar thing but this thing is mapped out to the millisecond and it's it's not allowing any flexibility and for me in the past I wouldn't have allowed that flexibility it would have been just like this is how my day is going to go anything else that comes inside my world can actually just do one because it's yeah. going to interfere with my productivity yeah. but that's not life that's not realistic but in the same token, like with any sort of project, with any goal, with any business that you're setting up, there is going to be periods when it's it's a bit chaotic. You know, what I mean? you're going to have to put the head down. You're going to have to put the nose to the grindstone and whatnot. Um, but it's just it's 
that whole acceptance of it's a new one, the nose that I like. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what it is. We're letting it roll though. I just read it, don't worry, man. But yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's, it's having that like, like self-acceptance like within self-improvement to to know that what I'm doing the majority, and it's what you said, it's wrong for a read is consistently good rather than inconsistently perfect. Mm. You know, if you're constantly trying to be perfect, it's when something isn't perfect. You just, you know, your ego nearly takes a check. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is that self-acceptance within the whole self-improvement game because the, the self-improvement is hugely positive. It's it's you're trying to be a better version of the person you were yesterday, and that's massive. I think if you're on that journey, you can't fail. But it's when you start bringing in kind of criticism, and kind of self-judgment when something goes wrong, and you're not allowing for yourself to make a mistake, or you're not allowing yourself to have a bad day. That's when it can really be like toxic kind of self-improvement as such. Yeah. I think the massive thing though. Like even listen to you, is that being that one percent better a day? Because like you can still have an absolute shit day, mm. but you can guarantee you've done one thing that day, or if you've done that one yeah. percent, like there's yeah. something to take from it. Yeah, like you can get in gym steps and done in the morning, like that is that one percent. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it's on top. I need one percent for that day, you know. Like yeah, I think what you were saying, Mark, it's be better than yourself from yesterday because yeah. if you're competing against yourself and like you're the comparison mm. rather than. Somebody using the penny that you said make a million. It's like you're just competing against who you are yesterday. Yeah. And I think that putting yourself in the past and also putting yourself in the future, mm. it's like that there is there's a lot to be said for that. Like because like even when I went to like Chris Williamson, it was the way he frames what he's gonna do on like currently is what would me in twenty four hours. Yeah, it's twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. It's really really good. It's like twenty four hours in every twenty four weeks. That's what I regret in 24 hours. Yeah. It's, yeah, but it's like, who do you want to be 24 hours from now? What would they do? How would they speak to themselves? How would they speak to the people mm-hmm. around them? Start acting in alignment with those things. It's, it's, it's like, who has what you want? Act like they would, you know what I mean? Have the beliefs, have the behaviors that they would. Um, and eventually you'll kind of get there as such. The same as who do you want to be 24 hours, 20, 24 weeks from now? Get clear on who that person is, what they look like, how they act on a daily basis. And start setting yourself up in such a way that each day you'll get a little bit closer to there, but you're a little bit better than the person you were yesterday because like we've spoken about it many, many times that for young men, I think it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in this whole kind of comparison of yourself and kind of other males around you. You know what I mean? It's so, so easy. And it's like, a, I suppose a bit, it's a bit of a survival mechanism that's deeply, deeply ingrained in us. Like the world around us has changed so, so much over the last millions of years, but we as humans are a bit slow to catch up. So we're, we're no longer comparing a threat as in a tiger or you know, with like a, some sort of barbarian war or something like that. It's, it's, it's more so like yeah. it, it comes down to a survival instinct in terms of comparing what he has in his wrist and the car he drives and the house he has. Mm-hmm. And then the metrics have just changed, but it's still the same kind of survival response. Mm-hmm. It's still the same cascade of, Jesus, the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It still evokes the same physiological kind of sequence of events that, Really, really can set you off, you know. But you, you were saying before. I'm not sure if it was in one of the calls we were on together, or to me, or on one of your podcasts before. But how you can actually find something that you can use your advantage in the whole comparison thing that it isn't entirely negative. That you can see what someone else has, and instead of being kind of jealous or kind of envious, you can see that as kind of few and use that to your advantage. Well, it's kind of like, I think comparisons are needed because it gives you a point of reference of where you are in the world. Yeah. So it's like, as in like comparison is the joy or whatever. But like, if I can't compare like who, some, who I am to who some, where somebody else is, it's like, well, like, then I've got no metric of, of 
where I need to be or what where I, I want to like you know what I mean and speaking about the whole materialism thing um, it's, it's massively prevalent in Dubai like I've never been subconscious about the car that I drive or whatever in Dubai mm. but like for me like I'm not shutting myself off to like having a nice car or whatever not having a nice house but those things are a byproduct not the end goal like the end goal is something else completely different and then those are a byproduct yeah but it's incredible over there how fixated people are on the materialistic things it's crazy you know like and I think a lot of it too is just so much for sure like you see people renting the supercars and putting up the photos and stories and all this like for what like you're wasting your money to try and look like someone else and at the end of the day you're putting yourself further away from where you want to be by doing it but I don't know it's, it's each and each everybody's their own definition of being successful like mm-hmm. for me you me that's not whatever for other people it could be like this is the be all, be all and end all like but but I suppose like, what does that look like for you like Comparison for oh, so no, as in terms of like for some people like the flash car, the nice house is the end goal, it's what defines being successful is for them. Like what is being successful for you, Mark? And don't speak about having two days of birth, one for inside, one for outside. It's the worst definition I've ever heard. No definition, no right. But still though. Aside from the Burks and the speciality coffee, um, apart from that, I suppose that's to put sort of smaller things. Um, for me, it's two things really: is to have the flexibility, and it's it's so cliche to to kind of go kind of where I want to such and spend time with people that I really, really care about on kind of my terms as such. But the other thing is to impact as, as many many young lads as as possible who are or kind of you know are currently in a similar position to where kind of I was a couple of years ago. I think that's. From a business kind of point of view, that's the biggest driver for me, and that's really shaped how Kaizen has developed, kind of from my sort of input over the last couple of months and 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 weeks. Is who do I want to help? And it's going to be the younger version of myself. What did he struggle with? Um, what would meet Mark of kind of you know two three years ago? Like how would he like to be kind of spoken to and and supported? What would he have to like to have seen kind of on, on the marketplace because. For ourselves, as, as young males, as young male athletes, kind of growing up, like we said, the support from from the kind of the sport and culture that we grew up in is great up until you leave the pitch. So we want to have something there for the younger versions of ourselves to to bridge that gap, to bridge that gap between kind of males and athletic performance, and, and really really help them achieve high performance in whatever way they define it. Right? It's not just their performance on the pitch; it extends much much further than that because. We know, like, the sporting career sort of finishes up when you're 35, 40, really, truly. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, but, can do it, yeah, and every sport is different. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it's different, it's different, but the person, they keep developing, do you know what I mean? They don't just stop at 35, the athlete stops as such, so that's why we're huge on putting the work as, as an athlete as well as a person, you know? Um, but the nuts and bolts is to have kind of flexibility to, to kind of live life on your own terms, but to impact as, as many lives as, as possible over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's like we'd be crossing over in half the show. Yeah. We said, yeah, like, well, definitely for myself, I think the freedom thing is massive, and that's probably what's, you know, led me into, you know, being your own boss kind mm-hmm. of thing and having that. I enjoy that flexibility, the, the freedom, but also, I suppose, for myself, um, it's just making a positive impact, like, um, as Mark chatted about with you know young men but also like for when I do have kids or whatever like being a 
being a positive male role model, being a mm-hmm. proper, um, I suppose, leader, a proper, a proper good person, I suppose. Like, and and that's, that, that is really, you know, that can be as base of an answer as you want. But I think, I think for myself, that's always in the back of, the back of my mind is like, right, what's the sort of like father that I want to be and the partner or the friend. And I think, you know, that really is what, what, you know, I don't think there is a set, a set like point that I'm going to reach there in terms of that. But I think that's even why I'm, I'm going after that because I know that the goalposts will keep on moving. But, you know, as long as I'm constantly reevaluating and taking the feedback from around me and trying to be, you know, the best version of myself in them roles, I think that would be a life worth living. And I think that's, you know, for myself, that's really what, what I'm going after. And um, yeah, like I think the two of them, two, two things like freedom and impact is yeah, probably, probably massive. Like, yeah, it's two good ways, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, um, they're two good ways. Yeah, well, speaking about that impact, like why, why do you think it's, why do you think it's young males? We can speak then. Like we know, we've, we've grown up in kind of center plants and such, but they're quite similar in, in, in a lot of different ways. We can understand what young lads are, are kind of struggling with. You know, it's not too far far ago that we struggled with those things. And, and the, the greatest thing is we're currently struggling as well. It's not this finish line you get. It's a constant journey that you're just constantly on. You're getting a small bit better. You're getting better at handling these things. But it's you're, you're still on the treadmill and such. It's not like you can hop off. Um, so I think we can really speak to to those lads as such and help them overcome, overcome things that we... We struggled in the past and we didn't have in the past. Like it can be like growing up as as a lad, like it can be a lonely road sometimes yeah. too, especially like as you said, you are so good at dealing with your own thoughts and processing them as they come in, like but people that have no exposure mm-hmm. to that whatsoever, like that that is tough to do by yourself. So yeah. having somewhere you can kind of turn to and look for advice on is huge. And as well, like it's so hard to know what to actually do because yeah. you're a man as well. You're like Oh, well, I've been taught that we shouldn't talk about it or we yeah. shouldn't, you know, open up about things or we shouldn't talk about certain topics. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. it's it's that stereotype that we have in our heads. And even, like, everybody's, like, we, at the start, like, until we kind of started talking about yeah. what we had them, uh, I suppose, like, belief systems there as well because we've been programmed yeah. and like, we've been taught, taught this for what reason like, yeah there's no reason yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's mad so like I think for so many for so many young lads it's so hard to actually open up and talk about it and even since we we started doing this like so many lads have come up to me on nights out and like, like pulled me over and like oh like I actually really appreciate what you're doing or whatever like I struggle to talk about yeah. whatever and it's like it's just like oh you get goosebumps yeah, and everyone talking about it because I'm like because I'm like it's 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 so mad to see other lads struggling with that as well yeah. and, and to actually help them to understand that there is that other option of mm-hmm. actually just like talking about how they're feeling and talking about self improvement and talking about them things them things like so yeah it's it's all it's all it's based on your previous experiences and like we've spoken about opening before that we grew up kind of. The majority of our kind of I suppose, late kind of early late adolescence with no clear kind of father figure mm-hmm. or male role model. Yeah, and it's like where where else you look? Know, you know what I mean? It's, it's the sports teams are great. You know what I mean? Some of my some of my coaches and underage teams and stuff like that they were huge kind of father figures as such mm-hmm. and male role models, but they didn't even realize 
nowadays like you're seeing more and more uh, men speaking openly you have different podcasts and stuff but like that gets to a certain point it's a one-way kind of stream like it's you're taking in information from them but you're not you're not communicating back it's a one-way kind of stream of, of information so you know the whole kind of the whole male role model the whole speaking openly about kind of masculinity and, and, and kind of male struggles as such is is something that's only evolved again from from our open conversation about these things yeah. but it's like that, that that what you said there it's it's having boys come up to you and approach you and say that what you're saying is having a huge impact on their life and is opening up their eyes to understand themselves on a deeper on a deeper level rather than just this kind of surface level shit that you can actually end up kind of feeding yourself with like it's kind of all what I call it is like smoking area chat you just worry it's just there's not a whole lot of depth to these conversations sometimes yeah. like for, for lads because it's hard because it's like it's, it's all you know yeah. you can program into it's just kind of surface level you don't go any deeper than that but we hope that with our sort of conversations about these kind of topics amongst males but also male athletes it can spark many conversations between us and other lads but between different friends as well because at the end of the day that's that's all we are like we're two friends who just yeah. are trying to speak a bit more openly about these sort of things yeah I think that's yeah I think it's like having those conversations it's like who's going to make the first move like yeah. if want to be the one you know want to yeah. be the first like let's like hold the space the other person yeah. like, and when I go into men's circles or whatever in, in Dubai like it's such an open space mm. the majority are older and they're becoming like my role models being role models like you're putting yourself in a position to be role models for younger lads. Does that carry any responsibility? Any responsibility? It does, of course. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, obviously, you know, we're at the early stages of it too. Like, I'm sure with more, um, as the page grows and whatnot, that comes with even more responsibility. So we probably don't feel it as much now at the minute. Like, um, but again, I think that aligns with well, where we're trying, trying to go. Like, what, what I would see is being a like a good role model for my kids would be something that is what I'm working towards. So that's again who I want to be. So I think it's kind of aligned with the role models um that maybe younger lads may may see or may want to work with us. So I think it's it's all aligning yeah. and then it becomes a lot easier because it's actually who I am becoming. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not like it's just like yeah. yeah, not like just like trying to pull it on or something like yeah. and then switch it on, switch it off. The responsibility you have is just being who you are and being Yeah, it's like it's that and like, you know, like obviously it's it's all a learning curve and I, I always see myself on the same level as anybody, yeah. you know, so it's not a case of, of that. I think it's just opening boys' eyes to that and realizing that they're capable of the same thing. Like I, I think we all think that lads have to carry some burden mm. and they just like can't even talk about it. It's like it's it's so funny because you're like you just expect it to carry it mm. and like through relationships, through everything, you're just like, I can't talk about that though. Even with your friends, it's like as you said, the conversations is like a mile wide but like millimeter deep. Because you just like you're having the crack you know, on a on a surface level but like you, you never actually say it oh, just you know, actually feel shit off I think it. half the battle is though knowing like who you can open up to like anybody that obviously follows the page now or knows you too no matter how well you know them know that they'll be able to come to you for a chat you know what I mean and know that like they don't have to get deep do you know what I mean because it will just be a conversation with you I think like even 
And like you would have always said, like Brian does like in an open house, like you always yeah. talked about how you felt more mm. like openly, even living with you, like it's like you, you just speak yeah, about yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not trying to get into a deep conversation, like these things just arise and you have these conversations because there is no stigma around the deep conversation, it's just another conversation. You know? But it, it can be tough to find a place to, like, you know, and it, that's, that's a big driver for us. And then it can be scary to be vulnerable and open up to, to people of the same sex because there is that potential there that there could be a repercussion and you could get some negative feedback and shit like that can actually fucking scare you in the long term if you're open up with the wrong people or you're vulnerable with the wrong person and such. But like you're saying there, like males just go through life on their own island with the problems and each lad is on their own island struggling with their own thing yeah, and everyone's just waving at each other about it. but it's like no one tells anyone that they're actually struggling but then they start building a bridge and everyone realise that she's you're, you're struggling with that I struggle with that too like, you know it's 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 when you openly kind of discuss these sort of things you realise you're not actually that different than anyone everyone's quite similar in many ways and by kind of chatting about it openly you can come to a lot of realisations and it's Again, it's not a case of us putting ourselves up on pedestals. It's a realization that we have a responsibility. Every male, <clears throat> Jesus, every male has a responsibility to to be a male role model to their brother, to your cousin, to their friend. You know what I mean? It's not a case of just speaking one to many. It's it's you can be a male role model one to one with with someone who doesn't even think it. Like even the even the coaches that we spoke about in terms of underage stuff, they didn't know that they were my kind of male role model, but. <clears throat> In many ways, they they shape the man I am today, like without even realizing. Yeah, well, I think um, yeah, I think you did a really good job. Like I said, even by myself when I worked with you, like I felt like because obviously you two lads that like, maybe it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the different design, the like performance. I think um, yeah, I think young lads in a fortunate position to be able to work with teams. Um, I love what you do. You both appreciate it. So I think, um, any closing notes? I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah, as Brian said, like, fair play, there is such a space for it. Um, no, it's good to see, like, as you said, putting it there, like, what you would have had, what you would have liked to have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I said, I would love to have it when I was dragging yourself up. So. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, I think consistently, if you're doing what you're doing every day for a long period of time, it's going to be impossible for you not to be successful. And I said to you, neither of you are going to quit. Like, there's just no, no possible no. way for that. So, like, it is in what's the space? It is in stone. Like, that the two of you will be successful. So, I'll have you on next Christmas. Yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, it's next Christmas. So, yeah, that's I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It was Mark. Thanks for having me in the gaff. Bye, you too. Bye, go on. See you later. Good luck. Good luck.